Beyond the Wall, Part 2, by Lyle C. May. Despite the chains and guards, I had adapted to the otherness of the hospital, and my thoughts were entirely in the moment. This is how I became conscious of the major difference between the inside and the outside. Silence. Preternatural quiet was the emptying of thought into space, rather than echoing from the walls of my confinement. The moment in prison is hatred, bitterness, regret, and emotional pain. It never goes away. Being at peace with it means you've grown accustomed to its oppressive weight on your back. People who like to say you can be free in mind but not in body while incarcerated have never experienced the substantial concentration of a life sentence. There is no real freedom, just the ability to do mental gymnastics to convince yourself everything will be okay when in your heart of hearts you know there is nothing natural or okay or freeing about confinement, and it is not necessarily a lesser evil than death. This weight is always present inside, always nagging in the corner of the mind, always reminding you of the utter wrongness of confinement. Maybe it was the air and vibrant colors that hypnotized me into a false sense of well-being, but at the mention of death row, the noise came roaring back, and I sank into the hospital bed beneath its pressure. The nurse holding up my leg yelped as if pinched. At the same time, the RN in charge blurted, What? and snapped her attention to the guard who volunteered the information. Nobody moved or said anything until the silence embarrassed even the transport officers. Then she said, Wow, that's incredibly sad. The male nurse looked like he wanted to hide his face had his hands not been full. A familiar sense of shame and isolation echoed through the years since the trial, and I found myself wanting to leave the hospital, escape their scrutiny, and return. Then I stopped the thought as soon as it occurred. What did she mean? Was it sad because they were wasting resources on a condemned man, or sad because their profession is about preserving life and administering to those in need? Maybe she was commenting on her realization a normal human being in need of care sat before her, rather than the sensationalized deceptive image of a monster unfit for life or liberty. This last seemed the most plausible. My physical presence reminded her there are real people on death row, living, thinking, feeling people who will be put to death because the law says die. In the disquiet that followed, the RN in charge gave instructions on wrapping my ankle, then left without another word. After patting my knee with a small smile, the other female nurse followed, leaving the molding of the cast to the male nurse. He was apologetic. It will hurt. Push foot against my chest. I moved, breathing hard because the pain was intense. You know, he said, no one ever put foot on me, ever. You first. He looked at me, his Russian accent making me think of him as some mobster trying to escape an ugly past. More than anything, I appreciated his attempt to put me at ease. I pushed hard, moving an inch and breaking into a cold sweat. It's a good habit, I said, not letting people put their foot on you. They might think you're a doormat. He smiled as the material hardened on my, around my ankle, tapped it with a knuckle, then eased it to the bed. All done. He went down the hall to get a wheelchair. Thirty minutes later, 
exhausted and ready to leave. They wheeled me out of the hospital and into the warm air and light of a parking lot. It was on a slight rise so I could see above the trees. In the wavering heat, leaves fluttered and branches stirred. A car revved its engine, ankle a distant ache. My eyes jumped from trees to cars and buildings and people then locked on the vermilion brilliance of the setting sun. The light hurt to look upon, but I stared and struggled to inhale this achingly beautiful life on earth, holding on to the awe inspired. For the briefest moment, I remembered another life, where sunsets were normal, and I didn't drink from this world as if dying from thirst. Then it was gone, lost in the gathering shadows and sound of clinking chains.